0: Love Talk Radio Life was a song You came along
1: I've laid awake the whole night through If I but dared to think you cared is one.
2: another edition of archivist sets on sexy witches a podcast from the geek girl's perspective and i am ed hontras and we have a very very cool uh show tonight ladies and gentle witches out there uh we have a huge every half hour has something cool devoted to it little bit of everything so first though let me introduce my sexy witches to some jean kelly yes sir yeah and everybody else. <laughs> you might be asking, why the heck am I playing Gene Kelly? Well, uh, you know you're going to hear a lot of musical music all through the next year because until I go see Hamilton on September eleventh, our musical is going to just be on the brain in uh, a month apart. So I go see Hamilton in September, and then I take my daughter to see Frozen in October. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna end with the last episode with music musicals. I've been, I've been up to my all balls in Gene Kelly. So that's why. To clean the palette, Queenie, I will play a metal song to take us out. All right. All
0: right. So. All right.
2: So let me first introduce my sexy witches, and I gotta introduce one so she can get home. Uh, she's in Clifton Forge, Virginia, somewhere in a car uh and she's on her way home after music practice but if you want to see her she's going to be uh her film is going to play in philadelphia in may very soon with mr lobo in attendance i will give more details when we get closer into that as well the plan nine from outer space remake and a bunch of other places on the web What we don't talk about in public Welcome to the show, my sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. Hello, you're on with Sexy Witches. Ah, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> Fine. Uh, you know, I heard that the sexy porn witch has been getting that We don't want to go into details, but let's just say you're living up to your name and kicking ass. Yep, did a test shoot. <laughs> well, on. for it, that's what I say. Well, I, 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 I didn't. Don't talk about money on the air, so you don't know who's listening. <laughs> That's I was like, oh, well, yeah, you're, we're, uh, you know, it's it, but you know that? Yeah, you know, keep people on the town though. You don't want people to know, because you know, what they offer you more later on, you know. So like, anyway, it's all good. I'm congratulations for having such a good. But get home and don't crash and die. Well, I'm what? actually headed to run- all right. Well, good. I'm glad you were around. We'll get back to you in a few minutes, uh, but we actually are going to talk with um, Yeah, you know, – we're going to have a, a wonderful first half hour, but we'll get to it in just a minute. So sit back, relax, enjoy this half hour, Erin Marie, and get your butt home without killing yourself or breaking the law. You know,
1: breaking the law. Breaking, breaking the, law. Law.
2: Breaking breaking the, the law. law. Breaking
1: the law. Breaking the law. Both Erin. Right. So glad okay. we could do that yeah.
0: together. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right.
2: West Coast on the other side is my other co-host and up in Seattle where it's cold where there's fish where you can <laughs> throw a fish and catch a fish uh, at the Pike Lakes market or you can go to let's see what is a good place to go scarecrow video go there go there um, or you can just go on the interwebs and find my co-host on her per- the personal YouTube channel which shows all sorts of stuff, and this is the birthday month for the sexy werewolf, werewitch, Queenie Todd. How you doing? Welcome to South Sea Witches once again. Hello. Hello. So you could talk one about have it one have later. An but hmm? how is your wolf? has Wolf Month been doing for you on your ep, on your uh, sh- on your YouTube channel? It's doing pretty good, actually. I ha- I made, like, a tag video,
3: and it's going around. Everyone's having a good time with it. It's called The Werewolf Tag.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I, I read right. it. I watched it. It's silly.
3: <laughs> I like me silly. It's my babe.
2: Well, it's your birthday. You can be as silly as you want to be. That's so right. That
4: is so right. I am. So... <laughs> And
2: your actual birthday is what day again? The 24th. 24th. Oh, so it turns out yep. that that also happens to be our next episode. So you're taking Ooh. one for the team, right? There you go. Why do I always have yeah, to do you're that? Yeah, taking. <laughs> But but we'll explain why. But you're gonna to get to do something extra special because I'm actually giving you a whole hour to block yourself uh, on okay. for, for that episode. So it, you know, good pressure is on, and you're gonna have help with your friend Michelle Nesk. and uh, um, you'll got, okay. you'll be on together, and you can you can talk about whatever the fuck you want, as long as there's a preview for Crypticon Seattle. That's my only requirement. Oh, that's and the first hour, of course, will be the madness announcement for my Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness yeah.
0: uh Same yeah.
2: announcement. <laughs> so uh, there's a vet page out there. Look for it. Look for my group. And uh, we have actually new members joining as we speak. Some are from my other – I've been guesting on another podcast because they lost one of their people on the Necrocasticon on the Project Entertainment mm. Network. And I've, uh, there, there's been some people coming over from that and joining my group. So that, thank you, Zeke Castacon, And Armand Rosamilia, who's like way-famous like, horror author, uh, and he runs Project Entertainment Network. And so thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Tommy, of course. Uh, so uh, Madness is on already. I can't believe we're already facing that. But um, we're going to talk in a half an hour, though, Quainy, about LARPing. Yeah. 'Cause it's the beginning yeah. there's two things that happen in the spring that are important. LARPing yeah. and drive in movie theaters. Open. So mm. we wanna mm. talk we wanna talk about that. So we're gonna okay. talk about LARPing though. And we'll talk about driving in movie theaters on another episode, but we do want to talk about those too. Now okay. moving up down south a little bit of Queenie in Anaheim or actually Buena Park, which is right next door to Anaheim. Is the cuz, Aaron Kogan, my LA correspondent, and will be my partner in crime uh, in San Diego Comic Con this year, which I will be attending for the first time. And it'll be it'll be the bomb. So welcome, you're yeah, on yeah. To sexy witches. Welcome yo, back yo. as usual, sir. And you are here because we are talking about WonderCon which is this, right. which is Comic-Con Light, which is the one that happens in Anaheim. <laughs> and so we're leading off with you tonight cuz we were supposed to do a preview of it on the last episode and we ran long cuz we just talked about musicals till literally <laughs> the last 2 minutes of the show. I, we all had a great list I I loved listening to that episode again. And thank you guys for that. It was fantastic that to was do fun. something. Yeah, you know, it, we geeked out. It was a super geeky episode. So um <laughs> I'm so glad it was a geeky episode.
1: Uh, so, there's, speaking of, there's a new book out on Rogers and Hammerstein, and they were just talking with the author last night, and uh, the bit they were talking about that I caught, If I Loved You, from Carousel. <laughs> and uh, now I'm almost sort of sorry that I didn't put Carousel a little higher on my list, because that is a pretty fucking amazing number, and especially if you're looking at the history of musical theater, that really did advance everything pretty well.
2: Uh, it, it, it in South Pacific also they use new cameras and lenses on the movie versions that were the mm-hmm. first time they were able to shoot outdoors in a movie, which is kind of important too. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Carousel overall, though. So if I love it, yeah. is one of the most beautiful like musical ballads of all time. I, my mother. Mother was a huge fan of carousel to the point that she actually designed a carousel for a musical production of it. I know. My mom was surprisingly was a surprisingly good drawer. Like like she could like she was a costumer, so she could sit down mm. with a notepad and sketch out the dress she wanted to wear before she turned it into a pattern. I can't do my, that. <laughs> my favorite bit of
1: trivia I got. Like, whoa. Uh, my favorite bit of trivia I got from this uh, little interview that I caught part of is originally uh, the guy hanging the stars was supposed to be a couple. They were supposed to be husband and wife. And uh, there was a little bit about, uh, what, you didn't think that nature had a part to play in all of this and everything, but apparently the critics, when it was out of town in Boston, savaged that idea. So uh, they they made Billy Bigelow meet just the one guy. Eh.
2: Mm. Boston, go big. Mean, right. They were band, yeah. Especially that time period, they had stick up their ass. I mean, band in Boston was a re- was a coined for a reason. Right? There's a reason why they yeah. did um, And I've mentioned before that it was actually coined for a, 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 a comedian because his because his, uh, uh, of his it was the first band in Boston. It would be Stan Freeberg. He was an advertising agent. And he did this like parody of a soap opera called John and Marsha. You can find on yeah. the web. Really easy to find. All it is is two people going, John, Marsha, John, Marsha. But it's it's supposed to be a soap opera, so they're going, John, 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 Marsha. You know, and there's like dramatic yeah. music. But of course, of course, they took it as guess what? They're you know, they were like, oh yeah, they're sure. having sex, and you can't. Play, you know. anyway, I digress. Let's talk about things that aren't banned or or aren't banned yet. Um, but
1: <laughs> that's a terrible sad <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> we could talk you about the comic are, book defense league. I was
2: gonna uh, that's say, one of, and also, you you are a slave to the comic book convention. You go. Oh, it God. Go. You, yeah, so. I um, so am. So,
1: I so am. Yes,
2: you are. And, and you, you are.
1: Yeah, I've been going to uh, WonderCon uh, ever since they moved down from the Bay Area, uh, just before Uh, WonderCon this year they announced that Anaheim will get WonderCon 2019 and then I've been going to San Diego International Comic Con which as far as I'm concerned is the only Comic Con Uh, I've been going to that since I was a little kid Uh, Dad took me to one way back in the day um, when they were talking about this new film about to come out called The Star Wars (laughs)
2: The Star Wars.
1: Yeah, back that's in the star. day, that's, it was the Star Wars. Well, what are you gonna do? They didn't know any better. They, thankfully, they fixed it and became Star Wars. But uh, yeah, originally <laughs> it was going to be the Star Wars. I think I don't really there's even of a that. trailer. Maybe I'm
2: just blanking it.
1: Well, you know the whole history of the whole thing, right? The how George Lucas wanted to do Flash Gordon because he loved the old serials. And Dino De Laurentiis had the rights, so George wrote his own thing. Yeah, yeah. So the Star Wars is
2: perfectly. I was going to say he he has his hand in the pot for or will be involved with several movies that will matter or will lead to mattering. Like because of Star Wars, we get, indirectly, we'll get Evil Dead Two, and to a lesser degree, Maximum Overdrive because of Dino Mm -hmm. De Laurentiis. Oh, and don't forget Dune. That also is indirectly the right. movie Star Wars.
1: Which I actually kind so, of love. One of my favorite pleasures. <laughs> I
2: actually like the Dune movie. I saw it in the theaters, and it's one of those movies that the longer the cut gets, the better the movie actually gets. Uh, yeah. There's a really long really long cut that they play on TV sometimes that's actually pretty good. Um, and they're making another TV series out of it again, no. by the way. No,
1: it's going to be two movies. Uh, the, the is it two movies directed, again? Yeah, oh. yeah, the guy who just did um, Blade Runner 2049 is going to direct it.
2: Oh, you mean Delavu? De, De or whatever. I can't say his name. Can, Queenie, can you say his name? I just saw that movie like a couple weeks ago, actually, the the Blade Runner, finally. I've been oh, catching up. That. You, that. Uh, sexy witches are going to be so proud of me. I caught up with a shit ton of movies over, over oh. our hiatus.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, my God.
2: I yeah, I caught up with Dunkirk, Itanya, Shape of Water, uh what else? was it the one I just said? What was the one I just said?
1: Blade Runner twenty
2: forty nine. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I hit all those films, uh, a couple of horror films. I've been watching I've been watching all sorts of movies. I caught up with a couple of T V shows I've been ca- including Legion. Finally caught up with Oh. Legion. Yay. Uh yeah. Um I still haven't caught up with iZombie, which I really need to catch up with iZombie. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Uh, the, the, they made an easier shift on me at work, and I'm actually awake long enough to watch stuff. So cool. that's good. Yeah, it's it's a silver lining in the, the shift being a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's not talk about my own shit. It's nine fifteen, so it's time, Aaron Kogan. Let's talk yes. about WonderCon. You were there, and it's all like I said. Comic Con light it was Comic Con used to be like. This is a little bit more towards the book itself, but there is plenty of there are plenty of panels and yeah. uh, TV and movies to be indulged in, and it's right across the street from Disneyland. So if you get really bored, you can just walk across the street.
1: <laughs> so Very we... true.
2: So tell us, how was it this year?
1: It was a good show. uh... I think they sold out every stinking day. Um they uh, yeah, uh, Natalie says they did. I don't know if the 3 days were sold out as well. Uh, she says, "Yep, they were." So there you go. Um it was uh a bit more crowded than usual, and as you said, uh the focus of WonderCon has traditionally been on comic books way more than uh their big brother Comic-Con International down in San Diego. Not quite as much as Ape, which is uh, purely uh, independent publishers and publishers uh, of other stuff besides comic books, but WonderCon has flirted with Hollywood back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I remember uh, Natalie and I went to a really good panel uh, where Guillermo del Toro was talking about Pacific Rim and then he just, like in passing, talked about this new project he he had coming up uh, that no one knew about, uh, Crimson Peak, and dropped a couple little hints about it. And we were both, you know, just staring at each other and going, he's doing Victorian horror? What? So, I I mean, I, I don't want to be one of those guys who's all standing on his front door, shaking his fist, saying you kids, get off my comic book lawn and go back to Hollywood because there are really cool things when TV and film uh, crew and cast come down and talk with us and, you know, show us trailers and da-da-da. But uh, I do prefer the focus be a little bit on comic books because, you know, every year you, you see the sales decrease more and more, and you hear the horror stories about comic book stores. Support your independent comic book store, everybody. You know, more and more stores going away. So it's nice to have WonderCon that has more of that focus. It does have some of the elements of the big things. Uh, It does have uh, lots of cosplay. And I think maybe it's even starting to come on a par with Comic-Con. Comic-Con is chock-a-block with uh, cosplay, uh, you know, left, right, center. And WonderCon seems to be pretty competitive, Uh, this year. Got some great photos that uh, I posted and that you transferred over uh, if anyone wants to go look at pictures. Uh, One of the most fun things I did, I've I've cosplayed from time to time, but this year I cosplayed as part of a group. Uh, A friend of ours, Lynn Johnson, had this idea that she and uh, her husband, Neil, and our friend, William Blumberg, uh, should all dress up as porg sales people, people selling roasted porg from uh, <laughs> Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and they asked me if I wanted to protest. Uh, Natalie came up with these brilliant uh, little one-sheet menus and flyers for the uh, the roasted porg sales. Uh, they even have their own uh, Instagram account. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so, I, I repurposed a chicken costume from a Halloween that was themed to advertising icons. So originally, the costume was for a Foster Farms chicken, but because pork feet are basically chicken feet, I think it worked pretty well. The only thing is because I, I was trying to get kind of a hippie vibe going, I wore my hair down and everything. I yeah, I had people call me Chicken Jesus, which really wasn't where I was going with that. But it worked, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you can't go 20 feet without someone wanting to take a picture of you and the giant porg. And uh, Neil had an a inflatable blow-up turkey that we were using to represent our roasted pork And people love to, you know, take pictures of that. And all in all, fun time. A uh, lot of uh, premieres uh, because Marvel kind of stepped aside uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, the big one, I think, being that uh, since Disney bought Marvel, they've been trying to keep it in-house. And, you know, Disney has their own conventions now, with the D23 convention. So they kind of keep Marvel to that and uh, a, a more limited presence At, at San Diego International Comic Con Than they have in the past it's, it's not They haven't completely walked away Although they did threaten it one year But uh, I, I don't know If Marvel would ever step out Of San Diego Comic Con completely um, DC Kind of owned WonderCon Even with the gigantic news Going on with Black Panther as far as box office sales around the globe. And uh, just this week, they announced that uh, Black Panther is going to be the very first movie to screen in Saudi Arabia. That's huge. But uh, even but with in, all that in going the first on.
2: Theater built in the first theater built in the 35 right? years as well. Crazy. So, Crazy. So it wasn't, but it wasn't the first screening of a movie. I actually think oh, I mentioned really? this in another episode. The first movie to screen in Saudi Arabia in 35 years was not Black Panther. It was beat by the Emoji Movie by a year.
1: The Emoji Movie.
2: The Emoji Movie. Wow. Look it up.
0: It was the wow. Emoji Movie. Is God that, help it, it I don't. How did that get past
1: censors?
0: One of the characters is
2: shit know. emojis. For some How reason, the, the Emoji Movie was completely allowed. Oh, I'm sure it had edits. Oh, I'm sure they're censors. Oh,
1: yes. I I would
2: believe
1: they're censors. What was it, 40 (laughs) minutes long for Pete's sake? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Natalie says they all thought it was frozen yogurt, frozen chocolate yogurt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can see that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, DC kind of owned WonderCon because Marvel wasn't there, and they made the most of it. Uh, They premiered three animated films, and as we've talked about before, uh, DC animated films, awesome. DC live action, not so much. Marvel, the direct opposite of that. Uh, Marvel's animated films tend to suck a lot, um, but their live action are pretty amazing. Uh, DC kind of moved the needle up quite a bit with Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja... Um, while having a few problems story-wise and not being 100% everything you would want, was pretty fucking amazing. Um, it's, I think, available now on digital download, and you'll be able to buy the, the DVDs and Blu-rays on the 24th. And then uh, it's actually going to be released theatrically in Japan, where it's called, and I'm not kidding you, Ninja Batoman. Bottomatch. Bottomat. Awesome. I want to see, I want to see the ninja
2: Match.
1: I, I promise you this is the most oh beautiful uh D C or Marvel film you've ever seen. Uh the, the attention to detail on just the background shit. You, you could take all the characters out and just show it. And I, I would be happy with that. I you know, I, I would That's be happy. What
2: I just, love about Batman. You, Batman is the most versatile character in the comic universe, and, and he's a human. He doesn't have superpowers, but you can write yeah. so many different types of stories for that character. It, it's phenomenal. That and the Joker are my two favorite fictional characters of all time for a reason. Uh, I, I, I am always floored what you can the, the, the range that those characters have, like and what people do with them, and how much everyone loves them still. You know, I can't wait to go see all this stuff. Oh my God! I'm, I'm so glad excited you to
1: go that. down and see you. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned though that he's not superhuman because uh, this the, the one element of Batman that 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 comes close to that is his his wonderful gadgets. Where does he get those wonderful toys? As the Joker once said, and uh, in this film, uh, uh, Batman is taken back to the uh, the Edo period of Japan, feudal Japan. And he doesn't have the, the Batwing. He doesn't have the Batmobile. He, all of his gadgets run out very quickly. Uh, so he's forced to rely on his own wits and brawn and that of his uh, friends and family. And it's it's gorgeous. And, I mean, for that alone, I can recommend it. Uh, story-wise, eh, okay. okay. Um, but, yeah, beautiful, beautiful film. And then they also uh, did... Uh, a new Suicide Squad movie, and they did a new animated uh, Constantine Hellraiser, which unfortunately I didn't get nice. to see either of those two. And then uh, as far as big panels go, um, The Walking Dead, or, or I'm sorry, Fear of the Walking Dead was really good. Um, I am a season behind, but this really makes me want to catch up in a hurry. Uh, The big news with Fear the Walking Dead, of course, is that Lenny Henry, who plays Morgan, is crossing over. uh, For the first time ever, they're having a crossover from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead. And uh, it was a really good panel. If if you watch The Walking Dead and Talking Dead, the program that comes on right after where um, uh, Chris Hardwick talks with cast and, uh, you know, does questions with the audience and online, what have you. It was basically that, but live in in the uh, big auditorium in Anaheim.
2: Well, um, so uh, how was the swag this year? I'm sorry, how was? The swag. It's always oh. important. Huh.
1: How yeah, was the swag you... this year? Uh, the swag was actually kind of – Not there. Uh, And that's usually been the case with WonderCon. Uh, Swag at WonderCon is definitely far behind uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Well, they don't have bag contests. Yeah, true. Um, And and the bag that they give out is, you know, here's here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example to your question. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is all about the huge gorgeous vinyl bags that they hand out with the studios uh, having different designs and people literally cut these things down and make dresses and suits and everything else out of them. I've got a collection uh, that I'm thinking of slicing up and putting on poster core so I can just flip them out from time to time, you know, hang them on a wall somewhere and look at them because they're really beautiful. And then at WonderCon first day, They didn't have any bags yet when I checked in. Second day when Natalie went, uh, the bag was just the size of a bag that you'd get at a comic book store. And uh, you could choose from Rampage or Ready Player One or one other design. But basically, it's exactly like a bag that you would get at your local comic book store. So, meh. Uh,
2: Did you go to the Rampage panel by any chance?
1: I did not. I'm not... Even I heard really
2: good, but I heard a lot of good things about that panel. It actually was one of the few panels that people were like, "Yeah, the movie actually looks good." And you know what? kind of the trailer that they dropped kind of looked cool.
1: Here's here's my it? problem. No, here's I I, mean. I've seen I've seen a bunch <laughs> of the trailers. Here's my problem. I played that video game. I loved that video I game. I own
2: that video that, game. I have it downstairs right now. I can turn it on and play it.
1: <laughs> all right, so you tell me. Where's the part where there's uh, wolves and gorillas that turn into monsters? Because when I played it, it was freaking Lizzie who turned into the lizard, yo. It was human beings, and, you know, they were punching things. and It was fun. And,
2: well, yeah. Why call it The humans morph into the big monsters, get pissed off, and punch buildings. If they can do that, Thank that's you. all I give a shit about. All right, it's all
1: good. So, uh, but anyway, I don't know. Um, so, okay. Natalie's Natalie's boyfriend, um, what's his face, Morgan, who who plays uh, um, Negan on um, The Walking Dead, uh, he's he's in it. So we'll probably go see it. God help me. But it's yeah, I'm, a, not, I'm not expecting much.
0: It's a kaiju. But you know what? Exactly.
2: Me, it's a kaiju
1: movie. Exactly. I if like I go in with movie. lowered expectations, I'll probably have a good time.
2: I mean, I wasn't really that excited for Skull Island and it ended up being a pretty decent film.
1: Yeah. So, well, you know, see, I was excited for Skull Island though, because I really loved um Jack Peter Jackson's King Kong.
0: Can
2: I say hi? Oh, Can I say hi? All right. Everyone say goodnight
1: real quick. <laughs> hi. Good, good, night. good night, Lily. Everyone says goodnight. Good
2: Everyone say good night. All right. She always has to come and give me a kiss.
1: So, <laughs> Good.
2: But anyway, so great. So WonderCon, that sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah. Where are we at? So anything we need to mention before we move on to our next topic?
1: Um, yes. I should mention that the uh, this Cinco de Mayo, Saturday, May the 5th, is free comic book day. Yo. Go to your comic, your local comic book store, get your bag of goodies with free comic books and swag. Buy some comic books, support comic books. Comic books are good. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say.
2: And, and they will be selling comic books that day when I'm at
1: Texas Brightmares
2: in Dallas, Texas, uh, nice. and press for this show. Uh, I know that unearthed. Uh, Films is going to have a booth there And uh, I believe they're giving away Free comic of Circus of the Dead So I, I might be wrong mm. about that But it's something, well, something cool like that So uh, Billy Pond Will be on the show May 1st So we'll, ta- we'll talk about it then That's my preview show for Texas Uh And our guest will be Troy Escamilla Who has a theme hint movie By then we'll know mm. about this theme but his film is a is definitely in our theme this year, and will be high points. So, um, so I am so getting ready for like you guys are going to be on a major roller coaster ride, podcast-wise, and for May. May is going to be insane, and I give people breaks. It's so insane. I'm giving people days off.
1: <laughs>
2: so <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Anyway. Speaking of crazy, and I don't mean it that way, Queenie, but it does kind of segue (laughs) to you So, uh, in its own weird way. You have started officially LARPing this season. Woo!
4: Right? Yes, I have.
3: Indeed.
2: Yay! All right. LARP season is on, and it's spring. So tell people who may not know, most people do know what a LARP is, but tell them what it is and why you LARP and all that jazz. You know, <laughs> well, give your stats. Um, <laughs> <is that what? laughs> it's is
3: You know, it's a holiday. It's like ga- any kind of gaming, right? If you do, like, video games, you know at least a bit about what LARPing is because, like, it's just it's playing a game. You all agree to these rules, and the rules keep it so that way everyone can have fun and not, you know, act like dicks or whatnot because humans, right? Am I right? Fuck humans. Anyway, <laughs> oh, right, I'm a werewolf, sorry. Anyway, I like to LARP because it's a great escape from a lot of the things that I have to deal with. Like, yeah, I'm still going to have chronic illness when I go to my LARP. Like, that doesn't shut off. But this is kind of like, LARPing is kind of an escape for me from that. Like, I can I can view it in a different kind of way. Like, I play this character, Sashinka. She's this warrior She's a badass warrior, but she's old. So I use her old age to cover up things when I'm feeling sick. So instead of saying like, oh, I am feeling really shitty right now. I need to sit down. I go, oh, my old bones are aching. I'm going to sit down, (laughs) you know. And um, that makes it kind of like you put it in a different perspective, right? Your problems become someone else's problems. And you can put your problems down for five minutes and have these fake problems, (laughs) these made-up problems. And you tell these stories together, right? Like when you're LARPing, it's both this collaborative thing, um, like going to um, improv theater, right? If you go to improv theater, everybody is kind of building this universe together. They're collaborating. And that's what we do in a LARP. We have the rules so that way no one abuses anyone. You know, no one crosses a line. So, like, there's certain topics you don't want to bring up in most LARPs. Like the LARP I'm at, you would never bring up something like rape, okay? That is not a fun thing to play out. Nobody wants to experience that in their game. So we all agree that we don't do that. We do not talk about rape in our game. And, you know, things like that. Most things are kind of negotiable, right? Like, you you, you learn what rules work and what they don't work. And, you know, together we build a better system each time. But, yeah. It's a crazy but there's thing. also
2: a structure though, because there's actually like yeah. national organizations to LARPing. Like there's last national season. rules and there's and there's regional groups and they sometimes yep. compete against each other. I know that you did yep. nationals last year in Seattle, right?
3: I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I had a fun game too. That was a really good game. Um, my character got to do some cool shit. I was really happy about that, but yeah, there's national groups, there's like, you know, local chapters, and sometimes you have local rules, we call those LCO rules, you know, this local chapter only, and yeah, um, the rules are, you know, they're not, we don't get too hung up on them, but they're important, you know, they keep the structure of the game intact, so that way we can keep playing it for years to come, you know, but they're not like, something you can't change, you know what I mean? If the if the rules somehow become obsolete, like we've been trying to phase out things that are offensive, like for a long time we had a race called gypsies. We phased out the word gypsy because it's an, it's a slur, and we changed it to Selenari. so now they're like these mystical beings from the stars, which is so much cooler, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like there's, there's things that change in time. Yeah,
2: Moonchild. Nice. Yes. I have a piece of star Moonchild. in
3: my face.
2: <laughs> oh my god. now you just when you said that Moonchild I've been listening, you'll be proud of me. I've been listening to Iron Maiden. Like for oh, wow. for the other podcast for the other podcast and they made me listen to a record called Seventh Son of the Seventh Son and the first song on that record is Moonchild. <laughs> yes. Yes,
3: it is. See my
2: AD, see how my again. ADD brain kind of goes on a weird tangent. That's why I'm a good podcaster because I just kind of anyway. Continue. My husband is
3: actually way better at talking or, about LARP than me. Like he's he's way better I, at it because I I play LARPs. He lives LARPs.
2: <laughs> well, he, he, he your husband organizes LARP, and sometimes yeah, you are indeed. actually in a LARP. That he is organizing. You either play your barbarian, yeah. or yeah, I know you have an other character you sometimes play. Uh, you know, know. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't oh, yeah. know when everything. When he plays, when we do alliance,
3: because I... he he's on plot for alliance Oregon, That's a staff position. So when he's on that staff position, I can't really talk to him for most of the event. Like I don't see him unless I hurt myself. <laughs> like that was what I saw the but... last game was I hurt myself. Or he was playing an NPC. Then I saw him, but I didn't really see him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he well, was not my husband.
2: And also, you've played opposite each other. Like, he's actually been yep. on the other side, which is too kind of interesting. Last game,
3: I have the best story for you guys. Okay, so last game, I, I just pulled it out of my ass. It was so great. So, we're doing this war council thing, and everybody's really serious. And Ben is playing an NPC who calls himself a chief king. Just, just to put that out there, for what kind of ego we're dealing with here? Like this guy comes in and he thinks he's fucking king of the hill, you know? I have defeated all of them. I am king, right? Sits at the fucking table, just like full force, right? And he starts pissing my character off, and I'm trying to think out of game what I'm gonna do because I'm actually getting emotional about it. I'm like Ben is pissing me off, <laughs> you know? I, I was having problems separating Ben from this character. And Ben is so much nicer than this guy. This guy's such a dick. <laughs> he just let his full force of dicketry out with his character, you know? And so I challenge his character because the custom of his people is to have things called honor duels. Honor is very important to these people. No matter how arrogant they are, if you fuck with their honor, they will take it seriously. They will kill you. So you have this honor duel thing. Whoever wins the honor duel gets the respect of the high order who falls. And, or they win and, you know, sort of thing. So I tell him, I go, I challenge you to an honor duel. You have offended me and my customs. And he just looks at me smiles. He smiles at me big and he goes, all right, it's on. And we go out into the circle of equals (laughs) and we're like pacing around each other. And I thought that I was going to lose because I know my husband and he is a very strong fighter. He's very skilled. Compared to me, I'm a defensive fighter, and I'm quick. Like, that's all I can do. Because <laughs> I don't want to be there too long, right? I don't want to get hurt. So, like, I got my shield. But you shield. did. You do get hurt, though. I did. I kicked his ass, man. Okay, so, like, he helped me in a way. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, we're, we're, like, totally sassing each other back and forth. And you can see that I was mad, soldier. And I was like, right. And so I snapped out of it. And I got into battle mode, and I actually fought him with all I had. And I like it was it was really close. He almost got me, but I just got that one blow in, and he fell. And I was like, yes, <laughs>
0: yes, hallelujah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I was dead, man. <laughs> and I'm like, that's right, <laughs> you fucking go down, <laughs> bloody high, Ogre with your goddamn ego. <laughs> It was funny. It was great. Well, it was
2: one of these rare
3: moments where I get to be a badass.
2: (laughs) So, uh, I've always wanted to know how it works to cast a spell because there are wizards in LARPing for sure. Oh yes. Um, And I've I've never actually gone to a LARP. I've helped people costume up for a LARP, but I've never actually like gone on a LARP before. I played plenty of D and D in my day, so I get it.
3: You know, it's
2: like, like to me it's LARPing. Oh, you guys do. It's always to me it's like yeah. a cross between D and D and Renaissance Fair. That's kind of yeah, what kind LARPing of. is. Yeah. You know, and I've I've, I've done plenty of D kind of like and D Renaissance Fair but I've never <clears> actually LARPed. But I but once I'm
1: participated wondering. in a LARP. I once Party? participated in a, in a LARP at Disneyland. Where the characters Ooh. were running around and uh, the people uh, that they were interacting with were Disney characters, and I got to be Governor Rat from *Pocahontas*. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's awful. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did you put
1: it all on. <laughs> oh, you know it. You know it. The yeah. late great David Ogden Stiers, who we just recently lost. He uh, he did the voice yeah. for Governor Ratcliffe. So I was very <laughs> influenced by. Uh, His voice performance.
3: That's the thing, like LARP can be anything. It's basically saying, let's play pretend. Let's be adults and play pretend and dress up really elaborately because we have money now. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of using sticks, we use boffer weapons so we're careful, but we still kick your ass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all that. Have you ever seen, you know? How close have you seen role models?
3: I don't think I've seen that, no.
2: Okay, pretty you funny. got some home, you got some homework <laughs> to do. I want to know how close to the truth "Role Models" is.
3: Okay, is this a LARP kind of movie? Oh yeah. One
1: of the characters, one of the What's characters is a big nerd who's into LARPing. You're,
3: most LARP movies are all. Really into right? LARPing. <laughs> I have not so. seen a LARP movie yet that I've gone. Okay, that one feels like LARP. I've seen some come well, close, but most of them are really bad.
2: They're just really bad. No, no, try try role models. Do. Role models big finale is a is a national LARP or a national a castle sage. So, uh, Have you heard of monster camp?
3: Monster
2: Have you heard of monster kitty? camp?
3: Monst- no, camp, monster, monster camp.
2: Monster no, okay, camp.
3: So LARP- yeah, camp, monster camp. It's what happens okay, yeah, so it. when you're LARPing. You have a section that's where Monster Camp is. You don't go to Monster Camp unless you have specific permission to go to Monster Camp because that's where the monsters come out. That's where the plot mm. people live. You know, that's their camp myth. So when you were sent to Monster Camp. Anyway, so there's a movie called Monster Camp and it's horrible, but I have friends in it. So oh. when I watch it, I can see some people that I know and I go, oh yeah. Yeah, they made us look bad, didn't they? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like a lot of movies are no, like, no, no, supposed to be documentaries about LARP, and they're just shit. Except for the ones yeah. yeah. no, that are supposed to be kick ass.
2: Try, try role models. I think role models, it's still a comedy, but, but I think okay. it gets kind of close to the truth. Um, and it's kind of fun, and there's metal music in it, so you'll like that part. And I just
3: uh, think- <laughs> it, it, like, what bothered me about Monster Camp was it made it seem like we can't be real adults outside of the game. You know, mm. I mean, it seemed like we just, you know, we live at home with our moms and shit like that, and that's not true. Right. Like, some of them do, yes, but most of them don't. Most of us have jobs and shit, uh, you know? Did you see nights of, of Bad Yeah. Well, yes, I've nice seen of
1: bad-ass-dom.
2: one.
3: I,
1: Was that, that any good? That one. It's stupid. It's yeah, a lot of fun. But so <laughs>
2: yeah. oh, it's, so it's, it's Joe, it's Lynch, though, so, and Joe Lynch and the Dinklage. So there's there's a soft spot for me on that film because I really I love like Joe Lynch. Dinklage, but
0: oh, just the and trailer love... looks oh so bad. Oh my God! Bad. I
2: just saw Billboard. That's another film I saw. I saw billboards of outside Ebbing, Missouri. We billboard. Uh-huh. I saw that and did. The Dinklage is the best thing in that movie.
1: Right on. Pretty Nobody pretty much...
2: is talking about. Peter Dinklage being in that he's film and I has love the him. most. He is so good in the movie. He's only in a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. but yeah. he knocked it out of the fucking park. Uh, they and, didn't, they didn't use weird, him, that, him Nobody noticed him. Nobody noticed him. You know, and right, he's like, better he's... than Woody Harrelson. He was better than Sam Rockwell in the movie. And you know, uh, Sam Rockwell's miscast. He, they should have switched Woody Harrelson and, and Sam Rockwell's car- part. And give mm. them each other's parts. It would have changed the dynamic quite a bit. Because Sam Rockwell, you can't buy him. He's not a rednecky, Nazi, white, you know, he's not very smart. He can't play that, like, angry, pissed off rage. We know, though, Woody Harrelson can. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? You know? <laughs> so. Know, but anyway, I saw that too, and I saw uh, Happy Death Day, Queenie. That was the movie I couldn't remember. Happy Death oh, Day. yeah, the blue
1: house. I did like that. It's so to-
2: – it was fun. It's a great little film. And I walked through the, the walkthrough with-, with Aaron at Halloween Horror Nights. I hadn't actually seen it yet. Uh, but mm-hmm. the movie is totally cute. I-, I really enjoyed it. Like, even my husband liked that one. I was right surprised. So, so I'm very proud that I've gotten all these movies back in. So thank you for letting me digress. <laughs> but yeah, Role Models is a bit it, – it's actually a little bit better than that. It's 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 kind of very dry humor. You know that really oddball dry humor that came out like, right after, like, Fifth Foot Way and all that? And I Love You, Man. It's kind of in that kind of, like, dry, Judd Apatow humor. But it's better than that. I, I just want you to show me, tell me if the LARPs are accurate. Uh, the only movie I ever know that the LARP is actually accurate was Dagon, which is a documentary. That doesn't count. Um, Dagon, I've mentioned it to you before. One of the original LARPing... Oh, good. Uh, uh, Aaron just said she's back. Yay.
4: Everyone, <laughs> we're going to bring
2: Aaron back on. Uh, give me yeah. a second, though, because my, fo- my cursor's decided to take a crap. Um, okay. So where was I? Just a second, guys. I was about to say. Dagon, documentary about one of the oldest low groups in the country, and it's here in Maryland. I've never gone. It's just around the corner, and I've never actually done it. Uh, but at some point, I will. But I really wanted to see role models. Now, when's the next one of your LARPs going to be?
4: Well,
3: Ben is going this weekend to a LARP, right? Ben? Yes. Yeah, he's going this weekend. I'm not going because i got it, too much stuff to do. So. Is he going to be... or Is
2: is he organizing it or is he... Uh, Are you doing his couch? Uh, uh, okay. He's playing? playing. He's,
0: he's going, going
2: as a character. character.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: he's so going he's as a character,
0: character. Yeah. He oh, plays well, cool. a mii so, so they have like pointed that's...
3: ears and little horns. They're kind of satyrs.
2: <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> You know, around here, I was looking in the LARPs when we were having this conversation, and there's a group in Baltimore that actually, it's like a, a city-wide role-playing LARPy kind of thing. Uh, it comes out of a, goth, there's a goth bar, it's kind of the center of this LARP, mm. and it's, it's a vampire it's LARP. It's
3: a vampire LARP? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's, I'm sure that's
2: lines. a huge, there, I'm yeah. sure there's a huge subgenre of vampires out okay. there, right?
4: White wolf. <laughs> I have to say white wolf. World of yeah, Darkness.
3: So... <laughs> White Wolf created the World of Darkness, and so there's, like, apparently in the real world, there's supernaturals living amongst us. So you can be anything from, like, a werewolf to a vampire to a changeling. You know, like, they got it all.
2: <laughs> uh, they also hook up on social media sometimes too. Yeah. There's groups.
3: I used to be uh, part of too. And...
2: Yeah, it's kind of There's interesting to see all this going down. There's all like these so secrets. Even. You guys yes. are living double and triple lives, and nobody <laughs> even knows it.
3: You don't even know what the half of it.
2: <laughs> I mean, so we know ways. that. I mean, they, they do know. Uh, now, you do change your skin as quickly as you change your shirt. So, uh, yeah. you know, so. So
4: I that is why I don't wear you.
2: makeup all okay. the time, since, like,
3: <laughs> when I wear makeup, I go full tilt, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true, you do. Uh, are you going to go full tilt for CryptoCon Seattle when you make your appearance? Probably. Probably? You know, at least for one day. Have you day. thought about it? Probably for one
3: of the days. I'll pick the day I feel the best.
2: What, what do you think of doing?
3: I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out, but it'll be cool. Mm. You know it will be. I'll pull oh, it will be cool. You know what I, should you should live... I should do? I should Desire. I haven't done Desire cosplay yet.
0: Uh,
4: I had a friend, um, like, long ago, should... I did a picture
3: of in a photo shoot, and she was like, you look like Desire, and I'm like, ooh, do I?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, like from Batman. You Sant should Man.
2: live stream, you, you know, you do those those makeup videos sometimes on your show, but you should live stream uh, you putting on your, your cryptocon application. That would be really cool.
3: That could be fun. That could be
2: done. Yeah, it might yeah. I mean now uh, you mm-hmm. know what it's cool about your your videos is I noticed you've been using your um uh, your your ring your light ring as your close up. Yeah my ring light But that's actually yeah, interesting my ring because ring. you don't you don't have a pinpoint light for your eyes for your close ups. So you have this, like, um, you're using that light instead, which totally works. It makes this, like, really ethereal look to your eyes. If you look at oh, your really video, like, look you at see it like carefully. it in my iris? Yeah, like a yeah <laughs> that's but in my can. Yeah, but that's a, a trick, though. That is actually good because <laughs> that's actually how you shoot a close-up. You shoot a close-up, you do what's called a pinpoint light, like a light bulb. It's just an ordinary light bulb, and what it does is it gives a little pinpoint in the <laughs> eyeballs, so you can focus the, the the close up on someone, and it looks they make them look more real, more human. Uh, now, if you look at if you look at Lord of the Rings, and you look at uh, Kate Blanchett in, as Galadriel, mm. her pinpoint light is like five or six very bright lights in a formation, and her eyes have a sparkly star in them the whole time. And oh wow! It, it makes you. And that's why when you look at her, something's not quite right. Haven't you ever noticed looking at Kate Blanchett in yep. that movie is hard to do? And not because she's just yep. so brightly color-corrected. It's something about her face, right? That's why, because Peter Jackson is a talented motherfucker and knows how to use a pinpoint light. That's what. <laughs> so, no, yeah. so anyway, you're you're natural, Queenie. You're doing it, not even realizing <laughs> it.
3: Doing it old school. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it works. So go look at your videos. I'm serious. The last few. I think it's on your Wolfpack. It's hard, though,
3: because when I wear my glasses, it'll, like, glare a lot in my glasses, and that sucks.
2: Yeah, no, you but can't, I can't wear really your glasses. But, but it, yeah. when, you, when you're not wearing your glasses, glasses to it's totally something. fine. <laughs>
3: yeah. You, know.
2: you can always just get a lamp and do some diffused lighting for times you want to wear your glasses. So, yeah, like, yeah.
3: I, I can figure out a system.
2: Oh yeah, you don't need to see either. It's just always like puzzle
3: pieces, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah Doing I mean, YouTube videos is you putting need... pieces together. Oh my God! You know, uh, uh, can you imagine we're in a world where the ad apocalypse actually claimed victims? I don't want to get dark <laughs> for a second, but it feels
4: that way. <laughs> but uh, it, it,
2: that whole that whole incident at YouTube and the and the girl that went nuts and shot up random people
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know thank goodness she didn't have an ak and she only had a handgun Oh, uh, or it's been a lot worse <laughs> so yep it's just so so bizarre people are taking it personally you know they shouldn't none of this is personal they're it's all business youtube crunches the numbers and then they decide oh you don't make us any money demonetize mm-hmm. booyah you know, and they did it to True. what millions of accounts, right? And a lot of horror accounts like yours, like yourself. Yeah. So, um, so people it's need to take some chill too. pill. We yeah. need to teach people how to deal with their anger. People are too angry.
3: Absolutely. I've been saying this for I, years, everyone, man. People need to have
2: oh, oh. Well, you're Canadian, and nobody's angry up in Canada. They're all happy as a <laughs> up there. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the
4: French people. All right, <laughs> you tell them that. Or, okay,
2: okay. I I I will have to say I have not been to a lot of the French parts of Canada, but all the English parts I've been to, they've been uber uber nice. Especially in Vancouver. Vancouver were like the nicest people. I mean and, and the Soska's are van, from Vancouver and they're super nice, but they are not any different than any other person from Vancouver. They're all like that. They're all super nice. It's amazing. But and all and you know, any other person in Canada. So I able, will <laughs> I, I will have to go to the French ones. I really do want to go up. Um there's a there's a train on this and totally you to go, go to, to New York. Oh. You, t- you take the train to Montreal, um, and mm. it goes through the leaves. In the fall time, it yeah. goes up through the – you know, you go leafing and stuff and through the uh, whatever mountains, you know, up Ticonderoga, that area. But anyway, on the way to Montreal, and you spend a night in Montreal, and then you go back down, right? So that's what I want to do. So. You
3: should totally do that.
2: Anyway. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a passenger train. It's not anything fancy. It's not like I'm having tea in the box car. It's not like that. It's just sitting, right. it's sitting in coach and with a book and just enjoying the scenery as you go up to a pretty city. That's it. So, um, and I haven't been to Ottawa yet. Someday I will fix that. I promise. You need to so, be there too. I will. I will. Hey, I'm getting the Canada in. I don't know if you've noticed, Canada is kind of large. It
0: is
3: a bit so, big. It yeah, might be a tad I mean,
2: Lord, I've been I didn't to...
3: Really
2: at all there, ever. I've been to Winnipeg. I know that doesn't really count, but I have been to Winnipeg, so... I love you, Liz. I know
3: Winnipeg doesn't count. Yeah, I'm sure Winnipeg appreciates that. Oh,
2: well, I know, but when I made... <laughs> I was joking, but Vinipeg really is just like any other midwest city. There's nothing different about. Winnipeg is Winnipeg. Like it's the, now they have one guitar in the historic district that's really nice, and the river's kind of pretty. Oh, and Guy Madden, one of my favorite directors, is actually from Winnipeg and did this movie about my Winnipeg. And and half of it is it's this weird autobiographical documentary where he hires actors to play people in his own lives as he recreates moments. It's very weird. And, and and he goes on this hockey rant because they built this big, beautiful stadium and, and uh, hockey for hockey in Winnipeg. And it turned out it wasn't regulation. They couldn't get an NHL team for years. And he goes on this really psychedelic rant about how much this is pissing them off. And then he talks about horses freezing in a river. And then he talks about living in an apartment with his brother and sister. It is weird as fuck. You love it. <laughs> I do like weird. And, um, it, uh, guy is one of my favorite directors um he's, he's not a lot of people know about him he did uh the saddest music in the world highly recommend that movie uh he also did band on the brain which is this weird silent film with isabella rossellini doing the script but if you get the dvd it has alternate people reading the script of the movie it's so cool uh and uh you know, he did this documentary I saw in the theaters. I actually saw it in docu- the my Winnipeg at the at the theaters. Me and six other people in the United States saw that damn film.
1: <laughs> you know, I went to
2: see it. I was like, you know, I have opportunity to see my Winnipeg in the theaters. I'm going to take it because how often is that going to happen? Infinity Wars. Huh. Guy Madden's little obscure autobiographic surrealist movie. Yeah, I'll go see that. <laughs> you know. I had to view uh, – Erin Marie again because there's some weird noises. Let's see if I can bring her back. So, you hear go? yeah, It's sounds yeah. like she's still driving. Oh, is she, she? We can hear you now. How are you doing? Well, maybe we can't hear her. Uh, sorry, I had it muted. <laughs> Dogs are barking. Uh. All right, Erin Marie, are you with us? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, welcome back to the show. How was your drive? It was good, uneventful. I listened in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, our guest is called in, and I'm very, very excited, so we're just going to go right into the next half hour. Uh, I had I had this person on a couple of episodes back during our Women in Horror Month episode right after Days of Dead Atlanta, which is also on my panel and she was awesome and she you might see the T shirts, hashtag make films like a girl. Uh you and uh, she she's a horror author and filmmaker. Please welcome back to the show, Lynn Hansen. Welcome back, Lynn Hansen. You're on with the sexy witches. How has it been?
4: Oh, it's wonderful. Thanks for having me back. So much fun.
2: Oh, I'm so happy you wanna come back. <laughs> so i, I i'm i kind of obsessed I, it sounds like are you going to be down at days of the dead charlotte i mean yeah see, i am not be there? oh no, too bad i'm gonna the be fun. there i've got a
4: conflict
2: oh too bad well i'll see you at scares the cares in august so that'll be awesome
4: yay that's going to be fantastic too so
2: yeah so that'll be awesome but uh I'm going back to Charlotte. They want me to help the blue track panels again. So, yeah, I'll go. So I just booked my hotel, like, yesterday. I know that was late, but it's done now. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, speaking of hotels, every time I go to your Facebook page, you are just, Room and here going there going everywhere you've not like slowed down since i've seen you you've been everywhere but you did in particular one of the events that you went to really caught my attention and it's one of the my favorite film festivals i have not been to yet and i really want to do this one someday and you've just come back from the chattanooga film festival in chattanooga Tennessee.
4: Uh, it was amazing. Yes, I did. We went for uh all four days of it and uh it it was just had a stellar lineup nonstop and people were so approachable and friendly. Uh it it had a wonderful festival vibe. I mean, just just fantastic. Um there are um it was uh, really funny because they had all, all these really wonderfully hardworking volunteers kind of keeping everything going. And um, I, I, uh, asked, uh, I asked one of them, I said, so what made you get involved with this festival? Because everybody is just so happy to be here. And they, uh, uh, they said, uh, Chris Dortch, who's the, uh, the festival founder, he is, um, they said I would do anything for Chris. And uh, and I think that shows that when you have a really good leader, you get a really good festival, you know. And
2: boy, is it a good festival! It may not be the most high-profile releases, but every single one of them is on the pulse of what's either about to come or or what will be in a uh, trend-wise. And I mean, I've always like super like jaw dropped at the lineup that they have. Like last year, they premiered The Void. Which was like a big deal for us horror geeks. And uh, David Lynch, uh, Joe Lynch, and Adam Green did live a live streaming show from Chattanooga this year. What was the big buzz? And then what films did you get to see? Because that's really the most important thing. What did you get to see? <laughs> well,
4: I, there were so many amazing films. Uh, opening night was was really tough to beat because. Uh, we uh start out with Low Life, which is a really hard to explain um uh very dark crime comedy. Uh that involves luchador and uh crime crime family and it's just like it's insane. But it was so funny and so dark and so smart. Um and it, it's in limited release right now. It's actually uh, playing in in my hometown in Atlanta right now, through Thursday. So uh, if anybody's listening from Atlanta, you can go see it at the Plaza on Thursday, which it was one of my one of my uh, favorite films of the festival. And then right after that, I saw Summer of '84, which was uh, from the team behind Turbo Kid. And yeah,
2: yes. How was that? Oh my gosh, just
4: uh blew everyone away because it had uh, fantastic acting. Uh again, I'm I'm all a big fan of the clever scripts, right? So it had very much a uh a Stranger Things kind of vibe to it. Um but it was made before Stranger Things was e- even was even in production. So um but it's about this kid who comes to suspect that his next door neighbor is a serial killer. And uh, he and his buddies tried to try to find out if that's true. And uh, it was uh, just uh, beautifully shot. Lovely, uh, lovely acting, uh, just really, really enjoyable. And, uh, uh, and, the other, one of the things that I really like about the Chattanooga Film Festival is that there are so many filmmakers in attendance, so the uh both low life and summer of eighty four had filmmakers in attendance great to have that kind of q and a um, but uh uh summer of eighty four is definitely something people should should look for. Pardon me just a second here <coughs> cough. Um and uh and then right after that we saw Rocksteady Row. Uh and uh the director Trevor Stevens was there and it it was I don't know, I don't even know how to, I think this is a recurring theme for me. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was uh but it's about a kid who uh it's set in the future we're going to college is uh, much more difficult than it is now. Uh, this kid comes to college and basically the fraternities have turned into kind of like warring tribes, and uh, in and uh, the college you know kind of sucks away everybody's money, so that the only and uh, and the big form of crime in the area is the bicycle trade. I I, I don't know. It's again it's uh it it was really funny stylized um and uh really entertaining and uh so and so to hit those three back to back on the first night really set up expectations that's for sure um, we uh, and then also that night I saw Downrange which was a uh pretty much a mostly single location uh thriller about a a group of people in a van that whose tire gets blown out and, um and because and by a uh, sniper and uh they and they are trapped uh behind their van between the van and the sniper for almost the entire movie jeez <laughs> It sounds good. It, it it was it was really interesting. Like crazy uh crazy low budget uh but uh and but very compelling all the way through. So And but that, that sounds
2: was just so in your wheelhouse.
4: Yes, absolutely. Um and that was just Thursday. <laughs>
0: So (laughs) yeah, that's the
2: that's the hardcore conventionary laughing at the Thursday joke. (laughs)
4: It's uh it it was it it was insane to see how many great films. I think um it's one of the like I said, I think it's one of the best plates that I've ever seen in terms of uh you know, usually you see a lot. I mean, I've done a gazillion different film festivals, and usually you see there's always something that doesn't uh, quite, you know, click with you. And I just have to say that the folks at the Chattanooga Film Festival have 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 a very similar sensibility to me. <laughs> and um,
2: did, did you bump so, into J.K. But of the Horror Happens radio show by any chance? Uh,
4: Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, He's so much fun, and he just knows everything. Isn't he great? And
2: I, yes, I love him to death. He, he he pushes he pushes me in all the right ways. Like like we did Days of the Dead Atlanta together, and it was my first show. And of course, he's down there being the pro with his Zoom, and I have a Zoom too. But he's like, go ask them, ask them. Don't be afraid. Ask. Them. <laughs> he just kept pushing me all the day. Have you asked them yet? go and ask them. What? Go ask them if they want an interview. You yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. So he, he, he's awesome. I love him to death, him and, and his wife up in New Jersey. So I'm so glad.
4: Um, he's now, one um, of my
2: all-time favorite there,
4: people, so,
2: yeah. yeah. Just so you got suggestive. the opening night films. I mean, you really can't beat that, right? I mean, Rock City Row and Summer 84 were your opening night films. And like I said, they and really Loma. do have their – have their pulse on what is going to be awesome,
0: you know. I, I,
2: it blows my mind. Uh, they also premiered. Uh, well, it wasn't the premiere, but I'm really glad they picked up Mohawk. Have you heard about this film yet? The um, western I horror have film. I saw it. You saw it. Yes. Tell me about it. I I am so excited to hear someone review this movie. Uh, I I Necrocasticon has been interviewing the guy who directed this um uh, another podcast I work on sometimes. It's uh it,
4: it I love I'm a big fan of uh I'm a big fan of historicals and I it, it's uh, it's very interesting because it's you know it's very much a you know an action picture uh set during the war of eighteen twelve uh written by the awesome Grady Hendricks, uh, who was also there at at Ch- at Chedney film festival and uh it, but it had this uh, really uh, really intense vibe that although it was an action film. That there were that there that there were many moments where you just felt that you were sucked into a horror film and uh and it uh it it was really really enjoyable um, and i, I was uh, also was go ahead What?
2: No, I was just happy that you saw it cuz i really wanted to talk to someone about it so go ahead no,
4: no. I think uh I think that it's also really interesting because in the Q&A they talked about uh Grady and, and Ted talked about uh what it was like to say, well, I'm going to tell this story about basically um, basically about the uh the destruction of the uh Native American tribes during the War of 1812 and and how they were being pulled between the Americans and the and uh the British and and this story and neither of them are Native American and uh but Grady is a huge uh War of 1812 fan like long term and uh and they worked with uh they worked with their actors as well to kind of make sure that it really resonated well, um, even though they were two white guys, right, um, telling the story, and I and I appreciated that because I think that um, I am all about uh, I'm all about uh, people being able to tell their own stories, but I also believe that, that writers and filmmakers should be able to tell uh, good. Well-researched, well-thought-out stories, even if they are not the same gender or race. Um, I think Uh, I think it's possible. And I he
2: he went full on research, double down for that movie. I I, I've heard him interviewed, like I said, and uh, so this movie is making quite a bit of buzz at some of the smaller film festivals. And Chattanooga, by far, is the biggest one it's played so far. So I'm hoping I get to see it sometime in the near future on its entirety. I've only seen the trailer so far. Uh, so congratulations on that once again on the pulse of the of United. I just love this festival so much. I'm so jealous and happy for you at the same time. So. Um, so, so, where are we at? So anything else that I have uh, so I know I'm pulling you out of order a little bit, but I wanted to know if you actually That's did get what to see it is. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, oh, and for people that don't know, and I always have to remind people we are like Mohawk, the guy who directed this movie also directed, and Queenie will know this film, We are still here with Last Vesserden. Um, and it's the one about the house and the burnt family. It's really, actually, mm-hmm. one of the better haunted horror really movies creepy. I've seen. And yeah, and I like Last festerdin so much. So even if he's a little creepy, but he's perfectly creepy, and his movies are good. Uh, so uh, uh so cool. So uh, anything else you want to talk about that was just a super standout film for you, or any just overview, whatever you want to talk about, Lynn. This is your moment.
4: So there were so many good films. Uh, The thing that really pushed me over the edge about going to Chattanooga was the opportunity to see The Ranger, which uh, premiered at South by Southwest. Uh, Jen Wexler was the director, and Heather Buckley was the producer, Um, and it's kind of this uh, punk rock horror film, slasher film. Yeah. You
2: know, did I tell you that I was a park ranger, Lynn? Have I told you that? Like my previous existence, I actually was a park ranger at Carlsbad Caverns National Park and Mammoth Caves in Kentucky and in D.C. also. But, yeah, so that movie, tell me what's about. Tell me how, if it's any good, because I've been looking at that film going, oh, my God, they made a movie for me. (laughs) Well, and
4: uh, it was, um, I think that it really played into a lot of the sensibilities Of kind of traditional horror fans, Uh, I think if you go in looking for a um, for an engaging uh, slasher film, you'll find that there for sure. I love the music. Um, I thought that the the bad guy, the Ranger, was wonderfully. I mean, uh, all that his performance was. Fantastic and insanely memorable. You can see people cosplaying him.
2: <laughs> and, oh, uh, really?
4: That's yeah, awesome. He, it was. It was really good. And um, and Jen Wexler, this was uh, she's uh, a producer with Glass Eye Pictures, but she, this was her first, her directorial debut. So that was really cool to get to see him because I'm all about the the girl power and supporting first time filmmakers, and so that. Pushed me over the edge to go up to see uh, the Chattanooga Film Festival, and then the big Friday night party was um, called Punk on the Rocks, and it was uh, they had uh, these great punk bands playing, and it was all themed after the Rangers, so that was pretty cool. I,
2: I'm really like shocked, like you are seeing the exact almost the exact lineup I would have gone to see if I had went. Just so you know, Mohawk, <laughs> the Ranger, all of that would have been low life. I would have been at all those movies, so <laughs> awesome. So, congrats! And the Friday and the party was awesome. And uh, so, let me ask you on the celeb area: uh, Was there anybody that geeked you out? Um, let's
4: see, I would. Say that uh, for the most part, I just enjoyed meeting all of the different filmmakers that were there with the festival with the um, with their films. Um, it's uh, although I do have to say that I I loved uh, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, talk on exploitation film. Oh, you did um, go
2: to the Joe Bob Briggs talk? Excellent! Yeah. I almost forgot about it. So it was it was. He he announced that his uh, contract with Shutter went through. Yeah.
4: Yep. <laughs> and uh, he, but he is just so insanely knowledgeable, and he had all these wonderful little clips and and references. Uh, he talked all about kind of the sex side of exploitation. He said next year at the Chattanooga Film Festival, it'll be the violence side of exploitation. <laughs>
0: Nice,
4: and, uh, nice, nice, nice. And he went all the way back to, you know, uh, to these uh, classic silent films and worked his way up. It was uh, just really, really a wild ride to just to just kind of, I mean, he's just so insanely knowledgeable. I just, I could have just listened to him talk forever. Th-
2: th- was there any films that he mentioned that, Stick in your mind that you have to go see now.
4: Um, I not off the top of my head because I'm still recovering. Um, <laughs> I, do, I I did love because uh, he talked a lot about Herschel Gordon Lewis um, and his role. And I actually, uh, uh, many moons ago, I actually got to be in a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. And uh I was a uh I got to I got to uh I was a camera operator in a scene for a movie called the Uh oh show. Uh and basically I got to scream <laughs> and I was very excited. Um my so glorified uh extra role. Um but it was really fun to to hear uh more about uh about Herschel Gordon Lewis, always great fun. Um I want to also tell you uh, two of my other absolute uh, favorite films at the festival. One was uh, Ghost Stories, which was uh-huh, Saturday, I heard a lot of good things about that.
2: It, it's it's one of the uh,
4: it's one of the best anthology films I've I've ever seen, uh, wow. and it had Martin Freeman in it. Yeah. I mean, so like I I look when I look at anthology films, I look at things like so there's like the the classic anthology films and then there's kind of like the next level anthology films, right? The ones where mm-hmm. where they tie together where everything kind of blends or you share characters, you share items, uh things like uh so like Southbound uh is what I consider a a next level anthology film or my my other favorite of all time is um Christmas horror story. Oh, yeah. And I, I
2: saw that last year.
4: And uh ghost stories uh fits right right in among them. Uh, beautifully done. Uh adapted from a stage play actually. And uh, really engaging and uh and scary. Uh and I just I really I really admired the the skill of, of being able to do an anthology film where you, where you can weave all of those together. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. Fabulous. Uh,
2: you know, and anthologies can sometimes have issues like the, like the one segment can bring down the whole anthology, but it's so nice when they all sync together and it's just so much fun. I'm really glad. Oh my God. Okay. Keep going. I'm just really excited about your choices.
4: <laughs> and uh, then the other one that I was really really excited to see was *The Endless* by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And these are the guys who did *Spring*. Um, mm-hmm. it, one of my favorite uh, favorite films I've ever seen on the on the on the uh, festival circuit was *Spring*. And *The Endless* was was fantastic because in, in addition to it's about these two brothers who escaped from a cult 10 years ago and um ha- haven't had a really good life. And so the younger brother convinces the older brother to go back just just to visit. And uh it's and so it has to do with kind of how cults work, but then there's also this Lovecraftian beast that's that's out in the middle of the desert as well and uh, it it is uh, <laughs> it, it's just it's really uh it's really engaging emotionally um but it also has that feeling of this kind of odd structure and pacing because of uh deals with uh time loops and things like that as well it's uh it's very very interesting and a lot of unexpected twists in it which I really appreciate. And uh although we didn't get Justin and Aaron at the festival, we got the producer David Lawson and uh that was a great fun to talk about how the film came to be. Um, cuz they have this uh, uh they have this a um yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. It was it but it definitely uh definitely great oh and they had this wonderful uh uh this wonderful shtick because these guys are so good at marketing they had this thing where at the beginning they gave you as you walked in they gave you a wafer and before the film you were asked to also literature about being part of the cult and then um you were asked to take the wafer to ascend before the film oh my gosh it was so much fun and, <laughs> it sounds uh, like
2: awesome time. It's
4: uh they, they and they're they're uh just really, really talented filmmakers and uh and I love that story. People should really seek it out too. Um and uh so, I would so also be go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm I was reading something, but go ahead. I would also be remiss if I didn't talk about the amazing shorts that I got to see, because I am a huge fan of indie of indie shorts as well. Um, they had the WTF shorts block, which they said was what watched these films, but it was also an awful lot of WTF films. So uh, they had uh, uh, the premiere of Brian Lanano's BFF Girls, which are about, these three young girls who love anime, who I can't even explain it, um, who transform into anime girls to take on Anti Flow, which is uh, who has come to visit one of the girls. Um, I don't know; it's crazy. It's uh, Brian Lano did Crow Hand and William, and uh, these uh, just. Crazy way out there films, and this definitely fits into a uh into brian's world um there was also uh there also a the short ends uh block of films presented by the nerdists who were sponsors um so oh, it was that's the right. of, uh, of uh, uh jill six's forty two counts um they had uh Bestia by uh Gigi Salguerero. I love her stuff to death. Um We Summoned a Demon by Chris McEnroy, who I, I've never seen him do anything I didn't love. Um he did uh uh Bad Guy Number no. Two and uh he is uh he's just fantastic. Uh and they had uh uh, My favorite short that I've seen on the festival circuit uh, so far this year is Great Choice by Robin Commissaire. And it is basically about a woman who's trapped inside a Red Lobster commercial. (laughs) I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's replaying the Red Lobster commercial. And it's just really clever, funny, stylized – Uh, just super. Um, I also want to talk, uh, the last thing that we saw for the entire festival was a a documentary about Monster Squad called Wolfman's Got Nards. And and I can't tell you, the people who said that they watched it and cried because it was about how how monster squad didn't have any great success when it was first released, but how it became, uh, came back into its own after all of these, um, uh, and, and the people who were involved didn't know anything about it. Uh, you know, until 10 years later that they discovered that people were actually watching this, uh, watching this and enjoying it.
0: Oh. And,
4: uh, and it was, uh, it was, it was very touching and, uh, really interesting to hear. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, uh, it was just an amazing festival, uh, uh across the board. I mean, uh, Saturday Night Party was on a boat, uh. That uh, with again, live music. Um, Sunday was just filled with wonderful uh, hands-on workshops. Uh, uh, and it just uh, was just a well-rounded, wonderful experience. So many friendly people, and I, I will definitely be coming back.
2: Oh, I, I someday really have to hit this festival. The only uh, documentary that, or, or movie that you didn't mention that I probably would have gone see would have been The Road Movie, which is the documentary that is shot from the dash cams of Russian cars. I, I really want to see that movie. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, But The got Nars was the the other big documentary buzz coming from Chattanooga. So I'm glad you got to see that one because I don't have the personal connection to Monster Squad, but my neighbors certainly did. They were really into that movie when it came out. And it's funny because, like, you know, nobody else saw it, just them, right? But they could quote it even now as adults, right? So, uh, you know, I for me, it would have been the next year, and it would have been Beetlejuice, but well, that's another story. Uh, so,
4: um, well, okay, oh, oh, and you, I, also, Lynn, I for, also, oh, go ahead. Let me just, I want to mention one more time, real quick. Uh, also, the Audience Award winner was the world premiere of Rebecca and David McKendry's All the Creatures Were Stirring, which was a holiday themed anthology film. And, uh, oh, it that's was, right. Yeah, some more anthology films. So I just wanted to give them a shout-out because uh, they won the Audience Award. They were definitely uh, something that people were talking about um, uh, af- afterwards as well. So, But thank you so there's, much there's for a, having me.
2: Oh, thank you, Lynn, for coming back and giving us a recap of Chattanooga because I want more people to know about this festival. I mean, it's just, once again, fantastic lineup, and you are it sounds like it was so much fun, and the marketing is all on point. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to see you again. It scares Nick cares. I'll be in the podcasting room. I'm sure I'm going to make you come on at least one or two panels while I'm there. I'm, I, right now I'm developing two panels. I don't know which one I'm doing yet. I'm developing the Movies of 1988, which is a sequel to the panel I did last year, which was, get this, the Movies of 1987. <laughs> and then the other one which is the one i really want to do is the 30th anniversary of the video nasty list so i really want to do that panel so uh you know uh, a video nasty panel it, it is such a fun thing to do um and I, I can do it very well i love that stuff so anyway so one of those panels you might be on just be ready so get your get your film think- muscles flexed
4: And I'll see you in a few months. Absolutely. uh, Thank you again so much for having me. Anytime that I get to hang with you, I'm a happy girl.
2: We are so happy that you came on again. Come back anytime. Uh, Even if you just want to chat for a while, uh, the Madness Contest is next weekend. So if you listen to the first hour, or next show, so listen to the first hour, you'll see you actually said uh, a theme hint in there. Believe it or not. And nobody, I'm not saying which film it was. So, anyway, talk to you. Ooh. later, And all hang right, up the film. Uh, much love and madness. So, all right, bye. 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 bye, bye. Yeah. All right, bye. All right, hang up yourself. Woohoo. And uh, that was Lynn Hansen, author and filmmaker extraordinaire. Please look for her shorts, including Chomp which I believe you can find on the web now, which is a little funny zombie combi- comedy. She really likes to shoot things in one location. And that definitely, when she said, definitely, check it out. It's cute. Uh, so it is now 1033. I don't know if the person is going to call in that um, I asked to call in. They said they would. Uh, but they aren't really podcasters. But get this. Okay. So my my, my, niece, my daughter has a friend. And her friend is a twin, right? And I met her parents, and it turns out that their mom is a huge, dorky geek like us. She has mm-hmm. a huge, like, when I went, to, went over to pick up Lily from the house, I opened the door, and there's a, it was staring me in the face. It was a giant Marvel Funko Pop collection.
0: <laughs>
2: nice. <laughs> so right I was like, oh, oh, so I was like, woohoo so I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, so we started talking, and it turns out she goes to AwesomeCon. So I was like, well, I'll have you call in, and you can go to, you know, and recap AwesomeCon because I'm not going this year. And she said she would. So maybe she will, maybe she won't. doesn't matter. I do have a community calendar, and I do have some uh, some news we need to talk about Um, because I said we were going to talk about some news right after the Chattanooga Film Festival quit. So I'm going to take a quick break and do a spot for our other podcast on this thread, which is The Repo Nerds, which at some point I'm supposed to do Marvel Infinity Wars. But I have no idea when I'm going to ever have time to do that episode, but we'll try (laughs) soon. But in the meantime, the last episode was Rock and Roll High School ended up being our first caller called in on that one and it was a really good episode cuz neither one of us had actually seen the movie so um, it, anyway i'll be back. really oh, i know you yeah. love that movie that's right Yep. so pj Souls. so uh, pj so i love pj Souls. totally i saw best. concert never saw that movie until uh, a couple weeks ago i just wow. never caught it I, uh, I i crazy so anyway i'm going to come back in 30 seconds and going to text uh, and see if they will call back. I'll be right back.
4: Okay. Loud Sound Productions in association with the Sexy Witches Presents, Reapal Nerds, the podcast where there's no such thing as indecent exposure, restoring nerd cred, one geek at a time. A live, interactive experience. Thursdays at 10 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio, with your host, writer, Token Tom Clark.
0: And the head haunt dress, archivist, Elizabeth Catherine Gray.
2: All right, so that's Repo Nerds. We do that one on the side about a month apart. I, I wanted to do a more straight-up review show, so that's what that is. It's my movie review show. It's only an hour long, and we're reviewing not new stuff, but stuff that we should, as, as nerds and film geeks, have seen and have not. So we started with Lucio Fulci. Uh, and then we did two sets of science fiction. I made him, he made me watch Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, and I made him watch Serenity. And then we both watched a Rock and Roll High School. And uh, now I'm supposed to watch Marvel Infinity Wars, which is an animated Marvel movie to get ready for Infinity Wars. And I'm supposed to back it up with Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther, which I've still, probably the only person <laughs> in the United States that has not seen <laughs> Black Panther. Which, I haven't yet. You know, I, sh- I haven't yet. No. Okay,
3: okay, I know. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't gone anywhere so, lately. I, all I do is make videos now. I'm a video <laughs> troll. Uh, That's what I do. Dude, <laughs> you live in your cage. I live in a video. Like,
2: yeah. Well, my and, well and I are we're the only two people in the United States that have not seen Black Panther. And we this leads us together. to our <laughs> news. Because right. yeah, a whole lot, of, whole lot of peeps have seen Black Panther, okay? as of Or
0: twice yeah, oh, or three times. Of,
2: so, right? Yes,
4: well, it's a it, 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 it oh.
2: score rating of an A. That means people went to go see it more than once. It was number one for, what, Ooh. four weeks, five weeks straight. Um, yeah. And it hit a new record uh, over the weekend. It surpassed. Its domestic box office is currently six hundred and sixty-five point six million dollars, which surpasses *Titanic*, <laughs> which had six fifty-nine. So, wow. that's, it, so it is now the third highest-grossing movie in the United States and the number one-grossing comic book film of all time.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's this movie
2: it's huge. Uh I I don't know. Is I don't know I'm that the one only day. Pers- some but one day. the errands here have seen it. Now is it really worth yes. the hype that it's getting?
1: Absolutely. It's Absolutely. really, really, really good. It vaulted over so many Marvel films. Uh I don't think I would place it over Captain America the first Avenger but it's damn close. Mm. The only reason
2: but I say The only mind. reason I would say that Thor is still my uh, Ragnarok is still my favorite is just because of how damn fun it was.
1: I agree. It was fun, although I don't think Thor Ragnarok is uh, it's very much not a typical Marvel film. I don't even think it's a typical comic book movie, but it, it was a hell of a no. lot of
2: fun. No. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the fun before they absolutely kill us with infinity wars. Like we're
1: going to yeah. lose characters yeah. and yeah.
2: they needed the levity.
3: It's yeah. Totally. Uh,
2: there is Because it did so well and critical pra- pra- praise has been so high for Black Panther, it's also going to be an official push for Oscar next year by Disney. Yay! Announced that today.
1: Wow. Right on, so as well at, it should be. They're <laughs> be excited about
2: yeah. that.
1: And, and there's well, a lot of yeah, cultural things we can talk about, too. We can talk about how it's completely skewed the advertising for what's arguably going to be Marvel's biggest film, uh, Infinity Wars, Avengers of In- Infinity Wars, coming out soon. But um, it, there's also this amazing thing going on within the black community uh, where stores that import uh, African-style dress, and, and I guess actual African dress and uh, garb, have just you know quadrupled their orders because of this movie. Well,
2: and there was a pop-up. That- uh, shop an official Wakanda dress shop that accompanied nice. the movie. You could, in certain neighborhoods, they, one of them I think popped up here in D.C., big surprise. You know, yeah. um, it, there was actually a real pop-up store that went with the Black Panther movie. The marketing on Black Panther is was absolutely phenomenally good. They really knew their audience, and that's exactly how you get a hit. You yep. <laughs> know yep. your audience. Nope. So, uh, couldn't agree more. I, I uh, on a side note, but since we're talking Marvel, I wanted to know: Did you guys see any of the wonderful cosplay that came from C2, uh, the Chicago Comic Con that happened over the weekend? As uh, this well, uh, as well, have you, see, have you seen it running through the threads?
1: I've seen a There's little been, bit of it. Some of it's been good. See what
3: you post. Good.
2: Go. Go look it up. It's some of the best cosplay I've seen in years, and I posted to two of them in particular. One was Affinity Wars, right? It was a crossover. The guy had the gigantic <laughs> Infinity Wars. Yeah, it was a mashup. He had the giant Infinity Wars uh, glove, but he was, he was Thanos dressed in the robes of Manos' Hand of Fate. So he is Thanos' Hand <laughs> of Fate. It is oh the my God. coolest... Fucking it's pretty brilliant. Cosplay. It's amazing. <laughs> shared it. Look it up. <laughs> fucking okay, amazing. I, I could not believe. Okay. And on a smaller note, but just as cool, from the same uh, convention, some girl went as Patty Jenkins from direct as, as the Wonder Woman director. And yeah. so she would go around the cosplay, and when she would see a Wonder Woman, she would pose like she's directing them. And Patty Jenkins saw it and gave her a compliment. But it is the coolest guy cosplay to walk around as Patty Jenkins. Uh, And and Erin from WonderCon, I really liked the chick that played Samara. She was cool.
1: Yeah. She uh, she was a badass person, yeah.
3: I did see a picture that was really cool. It was one of Mystique half-transforming.
1: Oh god! Like, yeah.
3: she was part mystique, part this like other lady. I was so good, like so good. That sounds. I wonder awesome. if it's the same
1: one I saw at Comic Con.
2: So it sounds like the cosplay was really on point last weekend. So it's good. It, you know, we're yeah. getting our geek on. We're revving our uh, our geek our geek uh, uh, motors are revving. We're getting ready, <laughs> you know. All of this, and, and you know, all of this for me is training, right? Because I see San Diego coming yep. down, so this is like training. All this is training for me. Uh, so, well, get me back to the box office. Uh, even though, yeah, it's Black Panther. Wow, oh my God. Okay, you can't take any way f- away from those numbers. Congratulations, Disney. I you scare me sometimes, but boy, do you know <laughs> what you're doing? <laughs> oh. On a completely opposite end, and as horror geeks should be delighted, there was a hit horror film over the weekend. Hooray! It, yeah. it, it
0: uh-huh. dropped, it yeah. dropped
2: 50, $50 million at the box office. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. A Quiet Place, <laughs> directed by John <laughs> Krenowski. I always fuck up his name. John Krenowski? Is that his name? The guy from who was the star of the office, American Office all those years. He directed it. It's like his direct, and it stars Emily Blunt. And it's a straight up old school monster movie. And if you make noise, if you fart, monster kills you. It's pretty scary. Um, Everyone's liking it. It also has um, so it made fifty million dollars. Everyone I know went to see it, loved it. It also has the rare awesomeness of having someone with a disability as the star. Uh, The lead actress is deaf. I posted this thing about her, uh, an interview she did. And it's so wonderful to get uh, all you know this little film, little horror film that did really well at South by Southwest just blew up once again. This is the you know like the Get Out, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, this is this is this is showing that there's legs to the horror films. These horror films, people yeah. are actually taking them seriously. People that you wouldn't Finally. think of are taking them seriously are doing films. We're encouraged by this. Yes, keep yes, doing yes.
1: this. I, I just yes. love the irony of a film about remaining completely silent, doing so well because of word of mouth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well awesome.
2: That's so cool. Yeah, I know. It, it, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. And, I, and everyone says you should go see it with an audience. Supposedly people with snacks are getting yelled at in these movies. <laughs> I, uh, I'm serious, look it up, there's, there's articles on it, like, like people are like, don't eat popcorn because people will yell at yeah. you during this movie. Or open up uh, a, a candy so. wrapper. <laughs> uh, I know people are have seen it multiple times, which is a really wow. good sign that it's a good That's horror sense. film. Um, even if it isn't, if even if this movie ends up just being a flavor of the month, that we have another hit horror film, A Year Out from Get Out tells you that we are still got some strength there. And, and I think we're going to have a good couple of years of independent films in particular um, coming out from, you know, this is kind of big. I mean, Emily Blunt is not exactly a, 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 a non-name, right? No. So this is going to get some attention. But, you know, but any, any horror film doing well gets other horror films to do well. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing so many uh, Christmas horror films because Krampus did so well. Did you notice last year we had an explosion of Christmas horrors and, and like oh, yeah. it was everywhere, oh, yeah. you know? It and was everywhere. And it
3: still, ha- and there so and still
2: happening.
3: There's so many bad Krampus movies.
2: Yeah. It's still happening too. Cause you know, you heard all it's the, the things at, Ch- at Chattanooga and then you had, uh, Better Watch Out was on the festival circuit for a long time, and then shutter like, mainstreamed it. Uh, you know, uh, I know a few other people that are uh, – I mean, there's just – it's just a ton of it happening right now. So, you know, uh, so – wow. Well, it's just, you know, it, it's because of Krampus. We thank you, Krampus, but it's also a curse because he is a devil. <laughs> so Yep. <Yeah. laughs> he's, not gonna, <laughs> he's not going to make it easy for us. So uh, we love him nonetheless. Uh, Let's see—is that everything? Oh, and last but not least, my little piece of news today—probably the happiest news I could get from anybody. Ash versus Evil Dead was renewed for season four.
1: Woo! Woo!
2: Yay! All right, because Um, you know,
1: Bruce Campbell was uh, hinting if it didn't happen that they might kill off Ash.
2: Well. It, they they kill they're gonna kill him off.
0: Oh, they He's are gonna die.
2: He already, uh, they already showed he is gonna die in the next episode.
1: Oh, that's and what that he was, was talking about. Spoiler. I thought I thought it was if the show didn't get uh, renewed that they might kill off the character. I misunderstood.
2: He he was hinting that, but no. You see, the thing is, is it's gonna go five seasons and out. That's what's gonna happen with Ash versus Evil Dead. That's my prediction. Hmm. It'll be perfect. It'll be glorious. We'll have five seasons with short half-hour shows, and we will love it forever. And that is our sequel to the Evil Dead series, and we don't need any more Ash after that. I think this is actually is the way to end it, with the perfect series You know, before he gets too old to play Ash. Because, you know, he okay, gets a bad yeah. kick playing Ash. <laughs> he really does. It's true. Um,
1: Although, he's been looking really good. I thought first season... He looked a little old and tired and out of shape, but uh when he was going up against his demon evil baby progeny, he looked good. He looked really oh, good. Oh no, he's
2: looking I just saw him in last um I just saw him in last uh, uh he did his last man standing show. I went and saw it live a couple weeks ago oh. back. I talked about that and he looked great. Right on. You know, yeah, I saw it was him live show. at the signing
1: and he looked great. Yeah.
2: So yeah, now, no.
1: Um, uh, how caught up are you with uh, Legion?
2: i not very far in. Don't talk to me about League, Except for okay. how is the new season going?
1: Holy shit snacks! Uh, I, <laughs> okay, I didn't think they could get any crazier than season one. I, I just I didn't think you could do that and and keep on. But fucking the season opener is positively Lynchian. And I I mean, kudos, they're not dumbing it down. I mean, they're plunging straight up fucking ahead. But uh, at the same time, uh, my wife, Natalie had a good point when she said, do you really want to throw that right in someone's face right at the start? Who, who, you know, maybe isn't that into it yet, or is just, you know, okay, I didn't see this yet, but I've heard so many good things. I'll, I'll jump in with the season opener. Uh, But God, Bless it! It's so fucking balls to the wall, weird, and good. And uh, I, I watched it a second time already, the season opener, uh, season two opener, and yeah, it was even weirder on the second viewing. Uh, but it's beautiful. It, it, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I will swear and firm right here, right now, it is the best genre show on TV, and that includes anything on HBO with titties and dragons. It's just flat <laughs> out. Amazing. Um, if, if you liked old X-Men or old New Mutants comic books, this show is so written for you. The art direction alone, you can just drink in.
2: And it's all you're going to get for a while, because they pushed back both Dark Phoenix and Inhumans, the theatrical right. releases. So, and New Mutants, so, yeah. Yeah, they've the pushed back New movie. Yeah, yeah. No, and Humans was yep. also postponed too, I believe. Also, but yeah, I meant um, New Mutants.
1: I think Inhumans has been canceled.
2: It might be. It might have been. So, yeah, I think uh, it was. But, uh, yeah, but New Mutants has been pushed back again, which is too bad because yeah. I was actually kind of excited to have a, a horror film X Men out there. Oh, God, it, yeah. It would have been cool. Um, it's so, it's, but, it's you know, still
0: on. Uh, it, yeah, it, no, it's still on. Know. They
2: haven't killed it yet, and and oh my God, did you see that? A uh, crow has uh, gone forward. They actually have production stills, and and it's actually going to happen. The Jason Momoa really? crow movie. Oh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna actually happen. Uh, a lot of people have mixed feelings about that, as do I. But I don't think the crow is sacred. It might actually be okay. Jason Momoa looks good with in that kind of makeup. We all know this. Uh, <laughs> have you read the so, comic book? Uh, I have
1: not. The comic book is weird and mystical and fun. And if they were to do more of that, unless uh supernatural action adventure, shoot em up, bang, bang, pew, pew, I would be totally <laughs> fucking on board, especially with Jason. But um, if they're just going to do, yeah, he's dead, and now he's got makeup and he kills people. Um, okay. Um,
2: uh, on the revival side, uh, there was some production stills from the set of, of the new Halloween again, this time they are, they released the mask. So now we know what the Mike Myers mask looks like, uh,
1: yeah. which is kind of a
2: big deal. Cause you know, we can't do Mike Myers without the William Shatner mask. Right.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, the core the core on Shudder, which is a talk show, they did a segment where they showed all the Mike Meyer masks and all the difference through the years. It was totally cool. Uh, so uh, I, I'm pretty excited about that in some ways, uh, but not as excited. And get this, guys. I love, I love Deadwood so much. They still haven't agreed uh, with it yet. There's a script. Ian McShane has seen it. Everybody that would be in it has agreed to do the show. And it is now has a tax credit from the state of California because they want wow. the to film too. So all this stuff bodes well, right? Because they'll get a tax yeah. break if they shoot it. So, and Ian McShane, oh my God, he needs to play Swearjen again. I just, I just mm-hmm. think that Swearjen was one of the most interesting characters that we've had on film or television. Period. I mean, that whole—I absolutely adored the first two seasons of Deadwood. You know, then we've only lost Towers Booth. Rest in peace. He's the only one of the main cast that's not around. Everybody else is completely available. And, (laughs) you know, they're not working on Game of Thrones. So, and who doesn't want to see Timothy Oliphant say cocksucker again? Because he's absolutely my favorite cocksucker. I love Timothy Oliphant. I mean, (laughs) who doesn't? I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he's a good actor. He's not so bad on the eyes either, let's be honest. But uh, you know, oh, I yeah. just a, And Santa Clarita just, Diet really shows off his com uh, his comedic chops. He is hysterical. But I uh, loved that, him. That would. Oh, the the buzz for Santa Clarita Diet season two has been great, by the way. Um that's another show we can also talk about. It's doing extremely well and they're gonna give a third season to that. Uh, so, you know, yay, cannibalism and zombies doing well on television
4: as usual. Yay. <laughs> um,
1: um, I understand I, that uh Pacific Rim two uprising is not doing as well as expected at domestic box office, but it's doing really well overseas. So
2: Well that doesn't yay, and, and that's Kai all that matters.
1: In yeah.
2: They don't care about our markets anymore. Let's be honest. Nope. You know, nope. uh, they really all like, as a fact, they can remember. I posted an article on it recently. China wins. China they actually had a larger market officially last year than Hollywood did. So uh, you know, it's shift. The shift has happened. So Hollywood is irrelevant. Welcome sure. to the future, mothers. It's like <laughs> it's like Blade Runner, you know, it's gonna be like Atari rules the world. How did that happen? <laughs> I thought they went under years ago. Uh, yeah. Only you guys would laugh at that. Um so <laughs> All right, um, Queenie, do you have any news from the Pacific Northwest we should know about?
3: Um, Not anything recent. I think May is um, Crypticon, though.
2: Yeah, well, you're going to get – we can talk about that because we are going – you're going to have on our next show, which is the 24th, which is going to be the Madness Team announcement, the first hour then the Madness Team it. but because it's your birthday, I'm giving you free reign of the second hour, and you're going to preview your (laughs) visit with Michelle Nesk to Crypticon and then talk about whatever the fuck you want on top of that. So uh, (laughs) how do you feel about that? Yay! <laughs> She's overjoyed. That's like the best birthday present ever, Liz. It's You're a really the best good Liz. present. Hey, hey! Remember, uh-huh. I did a show on my birthday. Your I got to work on, on my birthday, birthday too. And she has to work. So we <laughs> no, all had to do one. And I think Aaron. I think you had to work on a birthday.
1: I think I did too.
2: I think you did. <laughs>
1: I think I so, did. I, I didn't get my own damn it, show, though.
0: <laughs> well, <she's> oh,
2: <laughs> technically, so have you, but she's really been with me from the beginning. So they thick yeah. and thin, and terrible times and ups and downs, and the storms oh, and everything. The where beast has
1: earned it. Are you doing calendar oh, yet? Should I throw in a calendar thing or two?
2: Uh, well, yeah, we, we actually are about to go out. I didn't even get into our – our news segment was so fun, we just kind of burned a whole half hour there, believe it or not. So, yeah, if you have anything to shout out, go for it now. And I'll I, do got, I got two quick
1: morning. things. Um, first, I, again, don't forget, free comic book day is Cinco de Drinco. So get your margarita, get You're your ass, ass <laughs> to a comic book store. Um, before that, we have uh, Star Wars Day, which, as everyone knows, is May the 4th, be with you. Uh, Disneyland is doing a special uh, May 3rd evening going into the early, early morning of May 4th called Disneyland After Dark Star Wars Night. They're going to introduce a whole bunch of characters for meet and greets that they've never had before, including Ray. It's sold out. But yes, I have a fucking ticket because even when I was on a fucking anniversary (laughs) vacation in wine country, I still got a fucking signal and got my ticket. Um, The other thing that I should mention is a week from today at uh, just um, an amazingly great store. Uh, When you're in Los Angeles and uh, Pasadena and that whole area, get your ass to Dark Delicacies because they are so good. Um, Yeah, they are. They're primarily horror, but there are a lot of other things too. And a week from tonight, Tuesday, April 17th at 730, uh, your buddy and mine, Dana Gould, who, uh, among other things, you know, famous for being a writer on The Simpsons, but also he has that great show, Stand Against Evil. Uh, he's going to host Jonah Ray, Patton Oswalt, uh, Hampton Yount, who does Crow, Rebecca Hansen, who does Cynthia and Gypsy, and uh, writers Matt Oswalt and Elliot Kalin uh, at Dark Delicacies, signing the, the brand-new Season 1 Blu-ray and DVD Mystery Science Theater 3000. Jeez, oh.
2: Woo-hoo. Yeah, Woo-hoo. that's awesome. Uh, also, uh, Tommy Clark will be at the uh, Music and, uh, Museum of Science Technologies here, CUSE New York, hosting a screening of uh, The Big Lebowski. I wanted to give that Ooh. shout out. Um, oh, in Philadelphia, there's the Philadelphia Film Festival on, on the 413. They're going to have Set Suspiria hosted by Jessica Harper herself. Uh, it's already sold out. <laughs> Big surprise there. Uh, But they're also, Mm -hmm. on 419, we'll have a live read of The Room with Greg Sestero at the Filamoca. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, 416 is a special screening of Chris Lamartine's Call Girls Cthulhu a Moody I've Backed. It's hosted by Dr. Sarcophagi, um, and it'll be at the Smoke and Barrel here in D.C. Uh, 4.20 has two things. 4.20 massacre theatrical premiere in uh, one of my friend's movies in Burbank at the California Institute of Abnormal Arts. I might send you there, Aaron, to go see that. Uh-huh. And Aaron Maria and I are probably going to go see Super Troopers 2 together, which drops in the theaters. Uh, oh, last yeah. but not least, we have Mr. Lobo at the Williamsport Comic Con. He's doing a live Uh, he's going to have a live appearance there. We love the horror host, Mr. Lobo. He's the host of Blobfest and Cinema Insomnia, and Kevin Conrad will also be there. So that in itself is a reason to go. Last but not least, to hook on to what you said about Comic Six Day, don't forget, 421 is Record Store Day. So buy your vinyls, ladies and gentle witches. So there's lots of geeky things to do in the next month two months. Geeks are bustling out all over. Our next show will be once again, April 24th at 9 p.m., we will talk about the madness and what the theme will be this year. Uh, we'll have the head ju- uh, my, the team-winning judge from last year, Raven, on. And then the second hour is Queenie Todd's Birthday Bash, hosted by Queenie Todd and Michelle Mesk, as they talk about <laughs> Chris Con, Seattle, and a bunch of other stuff that they like to talk about. We're going to leave you tonight. With, um, I uh, was assigned to listen to three Iron Maiden records because I had to ma- uh, make a confession a, a that I had never actually listened to one all the way through. I knew a lot mm-hmm. of their songs but never listened to albums, so I listened to three, and, um, and I really enjoy, even though I already knew the song, I decided tonight to leave, uh, to, to first of all, I'm going to use one of the songs I learned from this as a madness theme. Ooh. So I'll leave you with, you can figure out what that one will be. At least it is my temporary theme. I have a different theme for the actual theme. But anyway, it'll it'll weed into the next episode. Meanwhile, let's go ahead and get Guitar Hero out, ladies and gentle witches, uh, with Run to the L Hills from the best record of the three I listened to. A big surprise was Number of the Beast. Yes, sir. Yes, and gentle witches and ladies. Ugh, everyone, I don't care about genders. Just get That's your rosses in here. Listen to us. Archivist bets on Setsu Witches. We are on Stitcher, ICons, Roku, wherever podcasts are stored. And please call us live. We always live a live chat. Once again, thank you, Aaron.
0: My pleasure.
2: Thank you, Quinny. Well. And thank you, Erin Marie. I'm glad you didn't crash I, tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, guys. See you kid. in two weeks. Much much love, madness, and good film hunting.